Welcome back to season three of the Product Marketing Experts podcast. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Charlotte Norman, the head of product marketing at Canva. I don't know about you all, but Canva makes me feel like I am an experienced and professional designer, and I'm so excited to talk to Charlotte about how she manages and leads product marketing at Canva. Shout out to our sponsor, Clue. That's Clue with a K the leading competitive enablement platform for product marketers who drive revenue for their business. Clue helps you collect, curate, and distribute competitive insights to enable sales and revenue teams to win more deals. Don't just compete, compete to win with Clue. Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for having me on the show. And I'm really excited to be here today to talk more about product marketing at Canva and some of the things I've learned in my career. Well, one thing that I love to just talk to a lot of PMMs and and a lot of PMM leaders about is how did you become a PMM, right? I think everybody has slightly different paths into it. And I've certainly found some similarities here and there, but we'd love to hear a little bit about your background and your path to becoming a PMM. Yeah, that's a great question. Even when I start to think about all the folks on my team, everyone's had such a different journey into product marketing. For myself, I actually started off studying design at university and I studied marketing with my design degree. I practiced as a designer for a few months, but quickly realized that wasn't actually my skill set or I wasn't really honed into that area as much as I thought I should be. And so I actually pivoted into marketing. And while my role title at that time was communications. What it actually was product marketing. I was running go-to-markets. I was doing the positioning for all of our different key products. I was collating product feedback from sales, doing sales enablement and training. And so I think I, I sort of stepped into product marketing without actually realizing that's what I was doing. And I really enjoyed the collaboration between sales and product and the marketing team. And that's something that I really liked. And I loved the cross-functional nature of the role that I had at that point in time. I moved on from that company moved into more of a specific campaign role that wasn't product marketing. And that's when I had the realization, I love bit working with product. I love working with sales and I really want to be in product marketing. And that's when I moved into a role that had the title product marketing, even though I had been doing it for quite some time. And then it sort of just proceeded on from there. And I've worked in jobs that have had product marketing titles ever since. But yeah, I think my path is similar to probably quite a few people in Australia as product marketing is a relatively new job title in Australia in that we have worked with product teams, we have worked with sales teams, and we've been doing many of the foundational core elements of the PMM craft, just not with a product marketing title. So that's been my journey into product marketing and one that I'm very grateful for. And I really love working in product marketing every single day. So that's how I've come to be at Canva. I love that. And it's funny, I should say, excuse me, I think a lot of product marketers kind of maybe dance around to the idea of product marketing without truly knowing that it maybe exists, at least at first. And they want to be truly connected to the customer. As you said, they want to be in a role that's really cross-functional. And that was very similar to my own story as well. And yet here we are in product marketing. I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like doing uh, work you truly love. Yes, that is definitely true. I'm very glad that I discovered the product marketing craft and that's what the title was for the work that I had been doing because it is truly what I enjoy doing and I really just love 
being able to work so closely with so many different parts of the business, I think that presents so many unique opportunities and product marketing can have such a big impact by working with so many different parts of the business. Wholeheartedly agree. And I love that word craft that you're using there because Mm. I really think product marketing is truly an art and a science and really great product marketing teams combine the best of both of those worlds and make something phenomenal. And it really is kind of distinctive, I think at least amongst really well-performing and well-run product marketing teams. And along that line, I want to ask one more question that's kind of in a similar vein, which is as you think about your career path, not only starting in product marketing, but growing in product marketing, how have you maybe gotten advice from mentors and what's a piece of advice that maybe you've gotten from a mentor that's really served you really well? Yeah, that's a great question. I've been very fortunate to have a lot of truly incredible mentors and leaders through all of my different roles. And then also through having some external mentoring as well through some folks I've connected with through LinkedIn and the likes of that. So I'm very lucky to have worked with a range of different, incredibly talented folks. Yeah, when we were When I was thinking about this, I think the kind of what I would call a glass shattering moment for me was when one of my previous managers, Gina, in one of my first jobs, this was the first job where I actually was doing product marketing, but I just didn't have that title at time. She just really drilled into me the need to connect with customers and know them inside out. And that is the truly the way that you can do the most effective marketing and build the most effective products. And so I recall when she started and was my manager, within a week of her starting, I was on sales calls with all the sales team, like once a week, listening in for a couple of hours. I started listening to all the support calls to listen to the core issues there. I started listening to the onboarding and offboarding team to collate all their insights. And I think it just transformed my way of thinking. I think prior to that, and at this point in time, I was pretty new into marketing, but I do think that I was almost so busy sometimes in just pumping out emails or writing the next release notes or training and things that I sometimes didn't take a step back to really understand what people need from all the content that I'm creating or all the products that we were launching. And just sort of doing that foundational level setting of understanding who the audience were, connecting truly with our partners. I recall going into meetings and actually going to our customers' offices and actually sitting with them for a few days. They were actually whole days where I go and just follow them and watch how they used our software. And that really transformed not only how I operated, how I started to collate data and insights, and then how I started to think about doing positioning, go-to-market strategy to ensure that we're really serving and the jobs to be done of that core audience. So really the core glass shattering moment for me was just being hand in hand and in lockstep with your audience all the time and continuously keeping that conversation open and really also looking to use the jobs to be done framework to frame the products that are being built and the messaging and campaigns that are going to market. I love that. And staying connected to your customer and getting all of that business knowledge about not only the kind of mechanics of the business in terms of onboarding, offboarding, I'm sure the funnel and, and attracting net new leads and, and what that looks like is so crucial to not only a PMM, but certainly a PMM leader as well. So you understand kind of what levers you can pull, so to speak, in the strategy that you're executing. And it truly does bring us closer to the customer in so many regards that I think it's one of those things that what was told to me actually 
actually in a previous PMM role that I held, and I've really held it really close to myself and tried to emphasize it amongst my team as well, that we really need to think with that mindset across the entire business. Yeah, definitely. And I think just having that core understanding really helps you reframe and prioritize the work that you're doing as well. Because if you know what the audience's core jobs to be done, what they're trying to achieve, what their core pain points are, you are much, you have the ability to kind of craft content, onboarding strategies, go to market strategies in a way that should have much higher cut through and be much more impactful to that audience. So it really just helps you ensure that when you've got a whole workload on your plate that you're prioritizing with the highest impact and the highest need, I guess, areas for your audience so that everything that you're doing is actually truly supporting that customer and truly helping them complete the jobs that they need to do in their day-to-day in the most effective and in our instance at Canva collaborative manner. I wholeheartedly agree. And you kind of alluded to messaging there. And and messaging is a topic Mm. that I'd love to talk more about with you because I think Canva is looked at by so many as this shining example of a company that has become this juggernaut, if that's a fair way of phrasing it, in the motion of product-led growth and messaging and the work that you and your team are doing is, in my opinion, at least really central to that in many cases. So would love for you to talk me through, maybe just to start this conversation, the kind of process around messaging at Canva. How do you think about it? What does that start like? How do you do it effectively? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think, honestly, this is something that we're constantly iterating on as Canva is growing so fast and the needs of not only our customers, but our internal state stakeholders are also changing quite rapidly with the growth of the company. But I'll talk through how we do messaging today and sort of how we use it, I guess, at Canva. So I think you really touched on it there, Jeffrey, how messaging is truly the foundations of your marketing, your audience perception, your market perception, and the way that people understand your product. So it truly is central to everything you do in your marketing across the entire funnel. And so the way that we really go about creating our messaging frameworks is sort of seven to eight step process, which sounds more complex than it is. It's not actually that complex. And I'll talk through each of those steps and why I think they're so important. And before I kick off, I'll also preface that I think messaging is not a one-time job. I think sometimes we think, okay, I've done the messaging framework. It's done. Great. I can move on to the next thing. But it's sort of an ongoing process, almost the never-ending story where as your audience evolves, as your product evolves, as your company and its offering evolves, it sort of constantly needs to be iterated and internal enablement of those changes needs to happen as well. I totally agree that it really needs to be an evolution. I think way too many PMMs, by the way, myself included, especially earlier on in my career, treated it more as kind of a set it and forget it type of thing, right? Where you write the messaging and you get it to a place after numerous rounds of review where you feel Mm. really good about it. You have alignment and it's in a good place. And then it kind of sits on the shelf and don't get me wrong, it gets used, but it doesn't get revised. And to your point, I really think it's a kind of this living and breathing document at, at minimum that is constantly evolving based off the market and your product and everything else, as you mentioned. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. I've done the same thing where I've built a mastering frame. I'm like, boom, on to the next thing. But I think it's really in the last sort of 18 months really come to life to me how this is truly a living document that is updated regularly so that then all your stakeholders have the most up-to-date insights and messaging and also just very usable and impactful messaging as well that relates to your product changes or audience changes as well. So I'll talk through the different steps that we have and I actually just combined one of the steps to make it shorter so there's less steps to go through. But the steps are audience insights and research, testing, finalization and internal review of the positioning or messaging, sorry, internal enablement, launch through different channels and then constant iterations. And I'll talk through each of these phases and why I believe they're so important. So the first one is audience insights and research. If you don't have an understanding of who your target audience is, what their needs are, how they operate with their team, what they're trying to achieve on a day-to-day basis, who the competitors are that they use, what the products are that they use, what they love about those products, what they hate about those products. If you don't have insights like that, and then also depending on which company you work at, also sort of a global landscape. So what are the sort of market nuances that you need to factor into that messaging? If you don't have those insights, it's very difficult for you to kick off messaging because these insights really help you solidify how you can position your product, your features, and your brand overall in the market in relation to your core competitors and also in relation to how your audience could perceive you in relation to those competitors. So normally either the PMM team can do audience research through desktop research, surveys, customer interviews, focus groups, or depending on the size of your company partnering with a research and data team can also really help support those insights and any key learnings or jobs to be done to help formulate a view as to who your core audience is. So that's sort of step one in the process. Once you have a core understanding of who your audience is and what needs you're trying to solve for, then it's time to draft up your messaging in relation to your product and your brand. So how are you going to message it in the market? What are the core problems it solves? What are the benefits of using product or feature? And yeah, having also a bit of a framework as to how that messaging relates in comparison to your competitors and what are the true reasons to believe. So having that messaging framework set up and a draft of that is the next step. Then we move into the testing phase. And I think this is actually probably the most crucial phase. This is when you get the messaging in front of your core audience to see if it resonates with them. So there's a number of ways you can do this. You can do this through customer interviews, again, focus groups. If you have a customer advisory board that you meet with on a regular basis, this could be the type of thing that you put in front of those folks. Also, you can use platforms like user testing. That's something that we use very readily here at Canva and we test the likes of messaging through platforms like that. And so what we will do is typically mock up the messaging onto either a landing page or an asset or an in-product flow, depending on where that messaging would live. And we show that to our core audience and get their feedback. Does the language resonate with them? Is it the way that they would describe the product? Is it really showing the core features or benefits? Is there anything that's really confusing about it? And we normally do a couple of rounds of testing here with the audience to ensure that it is resonating with them and it is impactful and sort of conveying the message that we want to share externally. 
The next step is then to finalize this with your core stakeholders internally, just internal review. So everyone's on the same page and happy with where it's at. And then I think the next step is internal enablement. So once you've got this wonderful piece of messaging or a framework that you're going to use, actually empowering all of the different marketing teams, sales teams to use this language and same with the product teams is super important. And so why this is important is because the messaging guide is meant to be the sort of playbook for how we are talking about our products and services. And so it's important that every single touch point throughout the customer journey is singing off the same hymn sheet, so to speak. And you're using the same language. You're talking about the products in the same way. And so that's why connecting with all of those different teams and running a session on what the messaging is, how to use it, what are the common objections that you might hear from using this messaging is really, really important. And that can be done through an in-person meeting, also through having sort of a hub or a place where everyone can access that positioning and then also chatting with the channel owners in the marketing team to ensure that the messaging can be used throughout the funnel and how we can start to roll that out across all the different channels. Depending on the size of the launch, you then may have a big bang launch. You may hold off. If it's a big messaging piece, it's a big new product or something, you may hold off and do a big bang launch. Otherwise, the teams may iteratively roll out the new messaging over like a two-week time frame, depending on their channels. And then that's when you can work with the sales and product and marketing teams in that final iteration stage to continuously learn, engage feedback on what is working. And so some of the indicators as to how it's working are from the sales sales team, what's the feedback they're getting from prospective customers and clients when they use the language that you've mapped out? Is there anything that's not making sense? Is there anything missing? Are the customers actually talking about the products in a different way using different language? Let's note that down and bring that into the iterative phase. Also through looking in your product flows, are there drop-off points, people not understanding because of the messaging there? And also the likes of performance marketing, if you start doing some sort of A-B testing with the different messaging and core value props, which ones are resonating more, which ones are not resonating. And there's some of the indicators you can use to continuously iterate. So they're the steps I take to go through messaging. As you can see, it can be quite a rigorous process. And I do admit that that can take a number of weeks to months, even depending on the size of the product or audience that you're trying to message to. But I think that all of those steps are really important and particularly that testing phase to just ensure that what you have created will resonate with your audience. That is incredible. I think we are done here, folks. We, we now all have the process that Canva used or uses, excuse me. But no, in all seriousness, Charlotte, I want to break a few of those steps down just a little bit further. And I wanted to let you go through that because I think it's important for people to really understand the process from start to finish and that it's not as simple as sitting down with a blank sheet in front of you or maybe a blank doc in front of you and starting to write. There's a lot of work that is required to do ahead of time before you ever start to really write a word of the positioning and messaging. And so starting back there at the beginning where you said audience insights and research, I mean, you mentioned a few different types of research, but can you walk me through how you at Canva do some of that research? Do you conduct focus groups? Do you, it sounds like you use user testing, which you mentioned mm. once or twice, but can you walk me through like how that works a bit? Yeah. So we are fortunate to have a research team at Canva that 
helps us understand our audience and they do very in-depth audience studies on a monthly basis with all of our different audiences where they'll interview a range of different folks from different countries. They'll understand their core jobs to be done, core pain points, core needs that they have as well. And they'll also do a lot of research into the type of frictions, why they wouldn't start using Canva, what would make them start using Canva, what are their hesitations with using it and things like that. And so we partner closely with the research team to leverage those insights. We then also connect very closely with our sales team. So sitting on sales calls, like I said, kind of bundling the key pieces of feedback that we are getting from the sales team on the audience, their needs, how they're using Canva today is really insightful and helps us determine the best way to position our product offering. So we partner with the sales team, we partner with the research team, also the product team because the product managers also conduct job to be done surveys for their core audiences and their core products that they own. So we'll use those insights. The PMMs will bring all of those data points together and then also connect on a one-to-one basis through some customer interviews and then also do some desktop research and partner with our strategy team on competitive insights. And we'll bring all of those data points together to then sort of get that lay of the land on what the audience is what are the core insights? What are the core needs? What are the things we need to solve for with this messaging? So I will admit that may not be feasible with every single organization due to the size. I recognize that Canva is fortunate to have the likes of a research and a strategy team as well. But if you don't have those teams available, I would strongly recommend just connecting with the sales folks. Even if your sales team is one person, connect with that person, understand what they're hearing, listen to some calls. Also then speak to your current customers and prospective customers to hear what they're saying, what they're needing from your product and service. And that's a really great way to help formulate a picture as to your core audience needs, and then understand that next step as to what you need to solve for in the messaging. For sure. And that initial research is just so crucial to really truly connect with your customers and truly understand what their pain points are, so to speak. I think all too often, and I don't think any of us do it on purpose, just to be clear, but I think all too often we take a company-centric or, or product-centric view of this, which is our product leads the way and we have to find a pain point for it. And I really think yeah. it should be kind of the flip of that, right? Like where the, the market needs to take the lead or, or the potential buyer needs to take the lead in what their kind of pains or, or experiences are. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the key insights that often arises or can arise from this research is that, okay, so you might have a whiz-bang new feature that's about to come out or a new product offering, but often you'll start to realize that there are key parts of your audience that aren't actually even using the existing product in the way that we think they should be using it or they could be using it. Or there's a lot more value that they could probably extract from the product, the existing offering. So that's a really insightful piece of information to identify because it really can help you figure out how to bundle that existing value in with the new product offering so that people realize what the product functionality is today, what it's going to be tomorrow, but then the true value of your product, not just the, the brand new feature, everything that your product can do. And I think this is a really good sense check to understand and, you know, data and insights of your product can also help with this, but it's a good sense check to understand product adoption or education areas that could also be solved for with messaging and then translated into adoption and education sort of campaigns later on down the track. 
For sure. I think a lot of times we are so focused on the next new thing, right? Like what's coming next, what's coming next. And sometimes, and I've certainly done this, but we hesitate to kind of look backwards a little bit to your point and treat that as an opportunity to learn and be able to iterate on what is coming next. It's not to say focus on what's coming next. It's just to say that there is an opportunity with what's already there as well to learn and iterate and get better. Yeah, 100%. And like, I mean, just this research, obviously it's informing messaging. We're talking about messaging now, but it informs content strategy, it informs product development. Having these insights can help us identify onboarding flows. Do we need to change the way that we onboard customers because they're not leveraging the full breadth of the product? This whole research piece, I guess, is so central to product marketing and it's very helpful in this messaging area of product marketing, but also just so central to building product roadmaps in influencing the product roadmap as well. So it's really just central to how product marketing can add so much value across the whole business, really. I love that. And maybe a two-part question. One Mm. is, can you maybe just talk a little bit about how product marketing at Canva is is structured? You mentioned that there's a research team. So I'm curious if that research team is fundamentally a part of product marketing, if it lives somewhere else in the organization. And my second question is more specific to messaging, which is, I think there are a lot of messaging frameworks out there today, and you can do a quick Google search and probably find 10 of them or more for that matter. There's the old tried and true framework of problem solution, right? Mm -hmm. And it feels like to me, at least, that a lot of folks are now starting to really believe that's a fairly dated framework and that Mm. it doesn't really work anymore. And I'm curious what you think and maybe what framework you use, if any in particular, it sounds like you use jobs to be done, but how do you translate those jobs to be done into the kind of core message for Canva? I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I'll start with the first part of the question, which is around the research team. So at Canva, the research team doesn't currently sit in marketing. They do support product and marketing and sort of a range of business needs, but we partner with them to brief in any research needs that we have. And then also to obviously get the share outs and leverage the insights that they've uncovered and figure out how we can then bring this into the marketing framework. So they're a super important team that we partner with. I feel like I could partner with them every single day. I wish I had more time. They're such an important team, but that's how we're currently operating. When it comes to the messaging framework, I think that's a really interesting question. So admittedly, we have been using more of a benefit-led approach where we would have a central messaging statement that we use for our products and services. Then we have our core reasons to believe. And then we have the core pain points that this product or feature is solving for. And then I guess the different part that we have started doing recently, and this is where I think you're 100% right, maybe that the problem solution matrix view doesn't necessarily solve for, is that we've started breaking down how does that message come to life throughout the marketing funnel? And this is what we found was really helpful for our different marketing channel teams and each team who owns a different part of the funnel to have a messaging framework that really is broken down so that what is the awareness level message that's high level. When you're starting to consider what is that messaging, once you're in the product, what's the messaging that we have there? And then how do we continuously engage you and retain you and ensure that 
you're using the product correctly. So that's the additional piece that we've started to add to our frameworks. And this is something that is very much a test and learn at the moment. We're trialing that with different products to see how that works. And also the level of messaging that is required for each of those different parts of the funnel. I think we've had a few frameworks that we've made and we had quite a descriptive paragraph or so about the product, but for the likes of a performance marketing team, they just need a 10 word or less tagline essentially. And so really just identifying the needs, the messaging needs throughout the funnel and how we can solve for that is something that we're continuously iterating on. But yeah, I think that funnel view is something that is interesting and potentially a really helpful way to enable all of your different marketing stakeholders with the messaging framework that you're building out. For sure. There's no one answer that will work for every single company or every single team necessarily, but I think that is really a great way of thinking about it. And I think you're right too. At different stages of the funnel, you can look at this in slightly different ways and your messaging mm-hmm. should account for that. And I think that's really important, right? At the very top of your funnel, I personally believe that it's important to talk about the way the world is really changing and what that shift means for your prospect and how they can really get on board with that shift that's happening, or I think a little bit further on down the funnel, you can be a bit more direct with kind of problem solution. Exactly. And also like, yeah, when you're in that real consideration phase, it's like, how are you going to use this? What are the benefits? That's where you can draw on some of those insights of competitors to really ensure that you're standing out from the crowd and demonstrating the true value of your product. And then as someone looks to take up using that product, How do you ensure that they're using that successfully? What's the information that they need to know to set them up for success, I guess, as well? And that can be almost a bit tan instructional to some degree, but I think it's super important that you still have that view and you share that internally so that everyone is across what the journey is, then the messaging journey is that we're going to take all of our audience and customers on. Completely agree. And as we look to wrap up here, Charlotte, just maybe one last question for you that I like to ask everybody on the show, which is, have there been any recent maybe books that you've read, podcasts you've listened to, maybe anything you've watched that has really like helped serve you well in your product marketing career? I think for a lot of us, there are so many great resources out there. I'm just curious if there's just anything that has made a big impact on your career recently. Yeah, there's actually quite a lot, but I'll, um, I'll start with probably the first one that comes to mind, and I would highly recommend any product marketers read this book. I think it really helped me um, think about some really simple frameworks for how I should look to build and influence really high impact products when they're in the development phase. So that book is called Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products by, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, I apologize, but Nir Eyal, E-Y-A-L, and he's built out a framework for really how you can understand the customer's needs and ensure that you drive continuous usage of your products and services. And it's just a really incredible model. It's very easy. There's templates um, that come with the book for how you can apply that framework to anything that you're looking to build or anything that you already have built. And using this framework, you can see maybe why adoption or daily usage of your products or if if your product needs that may not be happening. And he identifies some of the reasons and things you need to have in the product in order for it to be a habit building product. So that's one of the top recommendations that I would have. And I would highly recommend that to to all product marketers. 
Awesome. That is a phenomenal book. I've read it myself. And I just actually had a new product marketer start on my team and she asked about some recommendations and that was uh, pretty high on my list as well. So that is a phenomenal book and would encourage everyone who's listening to this to definitely check it out as well, especially if you're in the software space. But regardless of what space you're in, definitely check it out. Thank you so much for the time and all of the wisdom, Charlotte. I really appreciate it. Any final words or on where people can find you or anything that you want to share that you're working on that you just want to talk about as we close? Well, yeah, thank you so much for your time. I hope that people found the messaging frameworks that I use and the methodologies that we use here at Canva to create our messaging really helpful. I'd love any ideas or feedback that you have on how you do messaging. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. My name's Charlotte Norman on LinkedIn. Yeah, and I'm really excited. Uh, We're growing our product marketing team and looking to build out processes and ways for working that help all of our product marketers build really robust messaging, go-to-market strategies and whatnot. So also open to learning from the product marketing community. So feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn if you have any ideas or would love to share some of your learnings. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you so much. Stay in the know about your competitive landscape with Clue. Share real-time insights across your organization with Clue's dynamic battle cards. Delivered everywhere your sales reps live. Through integrations with Salesforce, Slack, Highspot, and many more. With Clue, you'll never let your sales team be blindsided by competitors again. Crush your competition with Clue.